0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you all. I uh, am so grateful to be here in the presence of our God. And if you love Jesus, can you give him a hand clap of praise? So, um, as Justin mentioned, uh, my name is uh, Mark. That's what my family and friends call me. My government name is Demarcus Antron Johnson first and the last time I will ever say that to you. <laughs> so I hope you wrote it down. Uh, my first request today, I'm a little bit of a different kind of preacher, so I, I pray that you would humor me this morning. Um, I told the guys in the back that I can be pretty spirited in my presentations. And so if anything happens with the sound and in case I get too loud, too excited, blame Joe back in the booth. <laughs> Because I gave the warning to him, and it's his responsibility from here on out. So, Joe, it's on you. <laughs> Can you do me a favor and stand to your feet? Um, so, there are two ch- at least two churches in the room today, two local churches. We're all one as far as the body of Christ is concerned, and probably some visitors, maybe some from different churches. But right now, my feeling, my impression, is that this really looks like a middle school prom, where a group of people are on one side and a group is on the other side. So if you are standing next to somebody you know, I want you to move. And I want you to find somebody that you don't know. I want you to introduce yourself. And I want you to tell that person one thing you're believing God for. Can you do that? Leave your seats because right now you're taking up my preaching time. (laughs) So one, two, three, go. Whatever you need to go. You can find a new seat anywhere. Be careful with plates and cups. But meet somebody, find a new seat, introduce yourself, and tell them one thing you're believing God for. Can you do that? Amen. So yeah, you guys can find a new seat wherever you want. Sit next to the person you met. I'm going to actually pray for a spirit of obedience. Um, I said to introduce yourself and then to give one thing that you're believing God for. Of course, you launched into deeper conversation I'm joking. I try to crack a lot of jokes. Sometimes people laugh, sometimes they don't. But I I pray that you met a new brother and sister in Christ. And uh, whomever you're sitting next to now, I want you to grab them by the hand as we go to God in prayer together. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for this time of worship together. We thank you for leaders like Pastor Matt, who see the need for local churches coming together, and we commit ourselves to joining forces and advancing the kingdom of heaven. God, our belief is that we are good on our own, but we are better together. So thank you for the spirit of unity. Thank you that where two or three are gathered together in your name, your presence is there. Thank you for the mind to worship you. Thank you for your grace and mercy that is new every morning. And thank you for this time of sharing the word together. Our hearts are open. Our minds are open. Our ears are open to receive your word today. Speak through me. Speak to your people and we will be changed for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody, say Amen. Amen, amen. and Amen again. The um, the first thing I need to do is to say thank you again to all of the wonderful staff of Love Chapel Hill, um, Justin, and the leadership here. The team have gone above and beyond in their hospitality, and I'm so grateful. I did bring the entire church with me just in case you guys mistreated me, (laughs) but it looks like we're going to be okay, everybody. Just calm down. Um, Pastor Matt, as Justin um, mentioned, we've been a part of this group and he, is that my phone? I could have left it in the seat there. Uh, We've been a part of this group of pastors that meet on the first, typically on the first Wednesday or Thursday of every month. And... um, We've been doing that for a while now, and it came at a critical time, a pivotal time for me personally in life and ministry and some things that were going on in my personal life. I knew Pastor Matt, um, but i had never met him before, and our first moment of meeting, we immediately knew that we were brothers, Um, um, different mothers, same father, and... um, Somebody got that? <laughs> but he has prayed for me constantly, and not just that, you know, hand on your shoulder, brother, I'm going to pray for you, but he's constantly sending me texts, um, calling me from time to time, checking on me, and I know at that particular time in my life, it was the Lord leading him to, to into my life to support me uh, at a time when I was very low, and so I thank God for him again, and could you do me a favor, just give God another hand clap of praise for Pastor Matt. With that said, I want to jump into what I have prepared for you today, and it's coming from John chapter 14. I'm just going to read one verse to start us out today. The title of the series is Invitation to a Journey. The title of the message I want to preach is called This Way. Can everybody say this way? way. Say it again. Say this way. way. So I'm also one of those kind of preachers. I want you to kind of talk back to me. Let me know that something I'm saying is resonating with you. Uh, So you can throw out an amen or that's good. That's good. See what I did just there? Feel free to laugh, snap your fingers, do something else. Flash your cell phones, whatever you want to do. Just let me know that this word is resonating with you. But John chapter 14 and verse 6. Now, I'm going to try to use my, my clicker here, but if it doesn't range the way it's supposed to be, there it is. Oh, I've skipped it. John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm not going to use this. Oh, it's up there now. Okay. All right. So John chapter 14, verse 6, this is the English Standard Version, and I want you to hear this very familiar verse of Scripture. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Help me announce my sermon again today by saying this way. Jesus says these words. These words are spoken to Thomas, the disciple, in um, in exchange between Jesus and all of his disciples, where Jesus is telling them that he is soon to leave earth. He is soon to depart from them. He's going back to the Father. He's going to prepare a place for them. This is the immediate context of this verse. He's going to prepare a place for them. And they can't go with him in that moment, but he would soon return, not only for them, but for all of his disciples. And in that exchange, Jesus says to his disciples, you guys know where I'm going. Come on, you, like, you guys know where I'm going. You know the way. I don't know if Jesus was actually giving his disciples all of the eyebrows and the shoulders that I'm giving you now, but he was like, come on, you guys know the way I'm going. And uh, Thomas speaks on behalf of the disciples and says, excuse me, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I don't know if he said that or not, excuse me, but um, not only do we not know where you're going, but we don't know, like how can we know the way if we don't even know where you're going? And Jesus replies to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I wonder if omniscient Jesus had 2017 America on his mind when he spoke these words. Let's let's just slowly walk through this. I am the way, he says. I am the way. This um, is a cause for some Christians in this room to celebrate but others reject this whole notion that there is only one way to God, right? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the truth are very tough words to swallow when you live in a postmodern society that rejects this notion of absolute truth, right? Which, by the way, if you really thought about logically, really makes no sense at all the, the 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 premise is that there is no such thing as absolute truth right and if that's true then that means the statement there is no such thing as absolute truth isn't absolutely true okay you guys are still drinking your coffee and eating your bagels okay i am the way i am the truth i am the life oh that's tough because we live in a society that not only promotes but fiercely protects individualism, the attitude is, I live my life my way. I make up the rules for my life. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I'm not here necessarily to argue with the statement, I'm actually here today to argue from the statement. So I just have 1.2 parts, 1.2 parts, you following it? One point, consider it a coin, there's a head, tails, one point, I'm going to flip the coin, catch it, it landed on heads, 1.2 parts, here's the first part, there is only one way to God. There is only one way to God. If you're writing, I want you to write this down. There is only one way to God. And in parentheses, I want you to put, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. All right. I see you writing, but I also want you to say it back to me. So I'm going to say the first part of this, and you say the part that's in parentheses. You got it? There is only one way to God. That's Jesus. Oh, yeah. You guys are awake. Good job. Let's do it again. There is only one way to God. Okay, so say it like you're a, a preacher, and get, so clear your throat, get your good voice, and say it with confidence. I really want you to deliver this line, all right? you ready? There is only one way to God. That's Jesus. That, there it is, there it is. That's Jesus. Now, this is tough, right? When you really think about it, this is tough in a culture that prefers coexist bumper stickers, right? It's tough when you live in 2017 America that's embracing more and more religious pluralism, right? Not, not necessarily the notion that we should respect each other's beliefs no matter what. Not, not, I'm not talking about the, the, the mere respect for human beings that we all should have no matter our religious preferences. I'm talking about this idea that every religion is the same. That every religion ultimately leads to God. That every religion is a version of truth. Uh, it, It flies in the face of that. And I'm sure the disciples back during the first century were also toggling, grappling with this as well, that Jesus would make this such a definitive statement that he would say, I am the way, not I am a way. I am the way. He was saying that there is a dimension of exclusivity that is innate in this statement. I am the way. And there is only one way to God. Yeah, you're still awake. There's only one way to God. Jesus. I, so I, I know that that's tough for us because we know some people who are not followers of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that because you have this truth declared by Jesus in his word, John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm not saying that now that you're armed with this truth, now you walk around with this religious elitist attitude. That you are the one with all the answers. You are the one with the absolute truth. You are the one, and you're lording your religion over someone else. That's not the compassion that Christ has called us to work with. If anything, it should break our hearts and make us even more urgent in our attitudes to make sure that we spread the love of God, that we spread the knowledge of who Jesus is to our friends, our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates. There is only one way. To God, all right, let me take the coin and flip it again. You guessed it it's on tails this time. 1.2 parts. Here's the second part. but there are many ways to Jesus. In parentheses, that's us. Whew. y'all got to get excited for this kind of stuff. All right. All right, I'll find you in just a minute, all right? There is only one way to God. But there are many ways to Jesus. I think you got it. I think you got it. There is only one way to God. But there are many ways to Jesus. That is you and I. Have you ever considered yourself to be a way to Jesus? Have you ever thought that there might be a reason why you were born in the family you were born into. You know, the crazy folk that you can't really go around until family reunion time, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and even then you're on a tick, like my flight is out on <laughs> tomorrow morning. I'll be here for a minute. Th- there's a reason why you have those kooky cousins that you have the crazy aunt, the crazy uncles. There's a reason why you were born into, yes, thank you, Father. You were born into the family that you were born in. What if God is making you a missionary to your family? I know when we think mission field, we think third world countries and we think struggle and we think prosecution of Christians. What if your mission field is right in front of your nose? What if your brother is your mission field? What if your sister is your mission field? What if your cousin is your mission field? Right? Have you ever thought that that job you continue to complain about every morning, Monday morning, you're like, oh, it's, it's like all of the worship service at Love Chapel Hill and Life Church just oozes out of you come Monday morning at 8 o'clock, it's like Jesus saved me all over again. You walk in with an attitude, you're highly volatile. If the supervisor says one thing to me, this whole thing is going to explode, it's going to be a bad week, all right? Have you ever thought that there might be a reason why you have the job you have, why the person sits on the right or left in the cubicle next to you, why you can't go to the restroom or go to the water cooler without that person being drawn to you. You're just praying that you can get back to your desk, (laughs) praying that nobody sees, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Ah, had a good time, had a good time this weekend. There's a reason why folks are drawn to you. There's something inside of you. People are looking for the way. Have you ever considered that you might be a way to Jesus? There, are, there is only one way to God, but there are many ways to Jesus. The Scripture actually supports this. You read it all the time, but you didn't realize what the translation was. Go, therefore, and make disciples... Of all nations. Yeah, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I, Jesus, have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go make disciples, go be away to me. What about this one? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's a reason to celebrate. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. You are a way to Jesus. There are people you see every day who may never come to church with you. Yet the requirement is not to bring people to church. The requirement is to lead people to Jesus. Talk about an invitation to a journey. If you never come to Life Church, if you never come to Love at Chapel Hill, you are still responsible for being a way to Jesus. You with your imperfect self. Please don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you have to be in a certain place before you can lead others to Jesus. If that's a requirement, none of us are qualified. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Perfection is not the requirement. Your testimony is the requirement. What has God done for you? How has God changed your life? Because before you can quote chapter and verse scripture, you have to have had an encounter with Jesus for yourself oh yeah, oh yeah, what has the Lord done for you? Because as years go on, as time goes on, I think sometimes we fall to this idea that we're so far removed from what Christ cleaned us from, that we lose the potency of our testimonies. May we never be the kind of people that forget the grace and mercy. May we never be the kind of people that forget where we were and what time it was and what activity we were doing when the blood came and us. May we never be the kind of people that easily forget the impact of the cross on our lives. That moment when he called us from out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a way to Jesus. You may be a smooth way. You may be a rocky way. Your way may need some construction. But you, my brother, you, my sister, are a way to Jesus. This happens in so many ways in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but, but I wanted to pull one passage as I move to the close of this. I wanted to pull one passage that I thought really spoke to how, um, it, it was just a great example of how we uh, should be ways to Jesus. Let me show it to you. It's found in Mark chapter 2. It's found in Mark chapter 2, and it's the first five verses. Again, I place it up here on the screen for you to see. It says, and when Jesus returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. I wonder what sermon Jesus was preaching. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay and when jesus saw their faith he said to them he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are, when Jesus sees your faith, when Jesus hears your prayers, when Jesus sees you being strong, although the person you're praying for can't be strong in the moment, something can still happen according to your faith. Four quick words I want to give you as I close, four quick words, four quick things that I see in this that leads us into how to properly be a way to Jesus. You ready for it? The first one is compassion. You're saying, I don't see compassion in these verses, but I definitely see compassion. It may not be explicit, but it is implied. Jesus is back in Cap- Capernaum. Um, Jesus uh, is reported to be at home. Uh, there are many people gathered together. There's no room, not even at the door. He's preaching the word, and right in between this period, he was preaching the word to them, period, and they came bringing to him A paralytic, right in between those words, you will see compassion because the friends of the paralytic man, someone cared enough to hear that Jesus was close and to get an idea, maybe if I can get this situation to Jesus, it can finally change. What I'm asking you to do today, Love Chapel Hill and Life Church and friends, I'm asking you to return to a place where you care where you're not so busy uh, in the throes of life, where you're not so stuck in your own routine, in your own hamster wheel, that you forget to look up and see who God has placed around you. I'm asking you to have compassion again because if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, compassion is in your DNA. It's in your heart To care. Jesus cared, and we as the body of Christ should care. Someone in this camp, someone in this group had compassion for this man. Heard that Jesus was close. I I wish that you could begin to see your co-workers and your friends and your family in new ways now. I wish you could open up your heart and care again, that you can know that heaven and hell is real, that we all have an eternal destination that we're going to. I wish that you could care beyond the salvific work that Christ has done in your life and want to pay it forward. I wish that you could pour out compassion In your neighborhood and in your spheres of influence, there is compassion there. I want you to write compassion down. Another thing that I see, another word that I see that's in between the period and the and there is commitment. You don't see it written here, but there has to be a sense of commitment when you talk about being a way to Jesus. In other words, at some point, they had to pick this man up. And in that moment, I believe that they were making a commitment that no matter how much this weighs, I'm committed to taking this to Jesus. Oh, because the work of compassion, the work of being a way to Jesus is not going to be convenient always. You're going to have to commit to it because what you're agreeing to is to carry some things that you never planned for. You're committing to dealing with problems that you never measured for. You're committed to sitting down, having conversations, and allowing the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's so amazing to me that we as Christians can be so impatient with people sometimes. We want them to get it the first time we preach the gospel, don't we? Why don't you get this? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. How long are you going to keep in this cycle of sin? And Jesus reminded me one day, did you come the first time I called you? See, it's with loving kindness and it's with patience that he's drawn us. Listen, I've changed my whole way of thinking. If a person is alive, I still think they have an opportunity to give their lives to Christ. And I'm hoping that it happens today. I'm hoping if it doesn't happen today, it happens tomorrow. I'm hoping if it doesn't happen tomorrow, it happens next week. But, but, But listen, we can't be impatient with people's process. We've got to be committed to carrying them until they are in the place where Jesus can change their lives. Are you still following me? All of these are suggesting that we are good ways to Jesus. Commitment, compassion. But then I see, thirdly, creativity. Do you see that too? They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. Sometimes, as a way to Jesus, you are going to have to be creative. It can't just be the drive-by evangelism, right? All of sin that comes short of the glory of God. If you don't give your life to Jesus today, you're going to hell. God bless you. Have a nice day. (laughs) Sometimes folks don't want to come to your church, no matter how tasty the bagels are. (laughs) Oh, I tried. I gave them the card, the business card, told them to go to the website. They didn't do it. God, their blood is off my hands. No, (laughs) no, no, no. Sometimes you have to find creative ways to make a connection. That's what I love about the gospel. Jesus was constantly putting himself in risky situations. He was risking his reputation. He was risking his his ability and his platform. He didn't mind getting his hands dirty to figure out a way to bring about life change. And I think he's calling us to that today. I think he's calling us to think in creative ways. By the way, we serve a creative God. We serve a God that framed this whole world in six days. You just look at it and you hear birds of the air and fish of the sea. But I look at it and hear mockingbirds and blue jays and and hawks, and eagles. Think about how creative our God is. I think about whales, and sharks, and barracudas. I don't know if they were at creation, but God is amazing. He's amazingly creative, yet we are so static. And when something doesn't work the first time, we are quick to give up. And God is saying, if you're going to bring people to Jesus, if you're going to bring people into salvation, sometimes you got to be creative with it. I gave you three. Here's the last one so I can close. Thank you for your time. I see compassion. They cared. I see commitment. They picked him up and carried him. I see creativity. When they were turned away in one direction, they ripped the roof off the revival. The last thing I see here is carefulness. when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which he lay. Yeah. Many times it's not about what we say. It's about how we say it. Many times it's not about what we do. It's about how we do it. And I don't know if you would admit this or not, but Many of us in this room, if we're honest, are guilty of having the right idea but going about it the wrong way. We, we, we made it to a point of figuring out a way to get the problem to Jesus, but instead of being careful, we dropped it in Jesus' lap. After all, he's a miracle worker, right? How many people have you dropped on your way to bringing them to Jesus. There are there is only one way to God. There is only one way to God. There is only one way to God. But there are many ways to Jesus. I hear the cries of a generation longing for God. Screaming how Do I know which way is the right way? How do I know what's really true? How do I find what life is really all about? You know what they're really saying? How do I get to Jesus? And I hear you after today responding in this way. Take your thumb, put it on your chest, and say this way. Bow your heads, I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we accept that you are the only way to God. Help us to be a better way to you. In your name we pray. Amen.